Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the podcast, I believe. Nobody's really keeping track in here. Uh, for those who keep track of the date, it is March 31st. Tonight. I'm surprised we're not into double digits yet. We skipped three weeks. Otherwise, this would have been... Last Still, week would have been... Still, it feels like I've been doing this for a while. Well, you know, in terms of time from the very first one ever, you've been doing it for over a year. Okay, that's probably why. That's probably what it is. Yeah. Because you've done three with us? Something like that. Maybe four? I'd say this is four. For her, yeah. yeah maybe. This is, this is probably the fourth, yeah. yeah. That sounds about right. So, as you can tell, we don't have Noah here with us tonight. He was too busy to make it. Um, some of you may be happy, others not. I know Scott really enjoys it, so shout out I, to you, I Scott. I miss Noah when he's not here. Well, he makes things exciting. Well, but, you know, we've got to be in, informative, too. Well, no, we don't. We can't no, we don't. Stupid. I don't know. <laughs> That's not why we do this. Um, I'm going to give you a quick schedule rundown so you can kind of tell when you want to turn off. Uh, we'll talk about games, games we've been playing. We're going to be talking about books and the movies that come from them. Uh, a little bit of F1 news, some random stuff that's happening in our lives, and some great questions from uh, the people on Supercars. So with that, let's just kick it off with what you've been playing. Uh, either you two want to go first? I have no idea what I've been playing. You said you played Colonization the other day. I did. I did on my dad's PC. I bought him Civilization, Colonization for Christmas, and so... Sometimes when he's away, I will pick up a game. I cannot for the life of me beat that game. I, I love Civ. I play <clears throat> on the easiest level always so that I can beat it because I, I like winning and I like conquering the world. And Who does? Of course. Right. I, I mean, I don't play for the challenge. I, I play to win. And colonization is a whole different ball game. And there's all these other factors you have to control. Um, you don't start out with the advantages that you do in a regular Civ game. You don't have the same kind of population growth, or um, when your cities grow, you don't get increased resources. Um, trading is vital in colonization, um, both trading with your neighbors and trading with your European kingdom. And then at some point in the game, you're supposed to get yourself to the place where your colony can declare independence from Europe. And I have yet to see how that's possible. I can never get my colony stable enough um, in the time that I'm usually willing to play. And if I don't play it all in one go, I forget where I am. So so the end game, game is declaring independence? That's it? Yes. That's so you, you have to fight it. the battle. But like, the if battle. you never get to that point, you just continue going through time? No, there's a time limit. That's the other thing. Is there's oh. a turn limit on... The game, and I play on marathon so that I can have as many turns as possible to get myself through it. Is it just based on turns, or is it like counting a year? It's counting years, so it's it's a year limit, 1492 to, I don't know, 1780, or something like that. I don't remember the exact years. Um, and if you play <clears throat> so standard, you. a turn is a, it's every five years, I don't know. Playing on marathon, you get about six months per turn, and so you get more turns than you would in a standard length game but you have to be able to declare independence and defend your colony against the hordes of sailors and soldiers and dragoons and cannons that the... So you play as British, French, Dutch... Spanish. Spanish. Just those four? Those are the only four options, yeah. Okay. And do you fight natives? You, if you get on the wrong side of them, I generally try and make peace with all of my native neighbors... And then they give me stuff for is free. Is it like just North American kind of things, or is it like Aztec? 
No, Those North are... and South American Caribbean peoples. So you've got the Arawak and the Iroquois and the Sioux and the Tupi, who I've never heard of, but my specialty was not Native American history. The Aztec and the Inca both show up. Um, and then there are the Cherokee and a couple of others I can't remember. Okay. Sounds like a fun game. Yeah, yeah. it's good stuff, but I cannot beat it. Because you get overthrown by other people or you run out of the time limit well usually i just i i make a mistake someplace and i feel like with the disadvantages placed on me from the beginning it's hard to recover from mistakes and so at that point i generally quit but even my dad i was talking to him i think he has declared independence once he's had the game since christmas and it's almost all he plays and he plays pretty regularly and I, I don't think he's beat it. Weird. I think he's gotten to the place where he could declare independence one time, and that's it. Because the Sid Meier games are usually fairly casual on the easier settings. You know, you can win regularly. So I wonder if this was aimed more at a harder, harder core market? Hardcore? More hardcore. More hardcore market. <laughs> I have no idea. I, we're enjoying it, so I guess that's it's all fun. that matters. It's not yeah, frustrating. it's fun. It's just strange to have a game that I can't beat on easy. Yeah. That I play I on think PC. That would be a little yeah. strange to yeah. me. That would kind of blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I've been playing. All right, guys. I, I was chuckling because I played uh, the movie Wanted. Just they they based a game off of it, and it came out last week, and I cracked open a copy yesterday to goof off at work because I was bored and I didn't want to work. And uh, <laughs> the game is surprisingly vulgar. I forgot how vulgar the movie was. It's The main a actor character person seems like a punk. He kind of is, yeah. yeah. The, the guy who plays him is actually, uh, I think he's Scottish. <laughs> so, fake American accent. But the it's funny because the, the, the easy to hard settings are hard is assassin um, I don't remember what normal is, but easy is is called pussy. <laughs> yep, listen, I saw that yeah. on the video review. And and the levels generally have uh, uh, like very vulgar names, like die mother effer and <laughs> stuff like that. Is the movie like that? Have you seen Snipey it? Snipey bitch die stuff like that. Uh, it was kind of like that, okay. yeah. Because the guy the guy starts out as a real loser and he's pissed off about it and he's always swearing and he's thinking about killing himself and he's got this nervous disorder and then. You know, he at one point he just loses it and almost kills his boss. And hmm. yeah, uh, the movie didn't look very appealing. The game it's actually not looks a great, decent, but it's not a great vulgarity. movie. Yeah, it's not a great movie, but it was entertaining to a point. It sounds like most modern movies. Yeah, exactly. So what else have you been playing? Uh, let's see. I played um, a lot of Resident Evil Five. You've beaten I've, it, in fact. I have beaten it a couple times, actually. Really? I've, yeah. Single <clears throat> by yourself each time, solo. Yeah, solo by myself. Um, I've been, you know, going for different achievements or trophies, and, uh, I've been leveling up my weapons so I can get them infinite ammo, and, and, because I want to beat it on the hardest difficulty, oh. but you can't really do that unless you got some beefy weapons, so I'm trying to get my, uh, my magnums all maxed out so I can give them infinite ammo and just run through some punks. So as in Army of Two, <clears throat> can you make gold weapons? <laughs> no. Dang it. No. That would be cool. Oh, no, you can't. can't wait for the sequel. But you can, uh, each weapon has a certain amount of stuff you can level up, like the speed with which you can uh, uh, change a clip, uh, 
uh, the capacity of that clip and the, the power. And some weapons have special uh, attributes, like they can pierce through stuff, and you can increase the power, the piercing power, so that you know you could like potentially th shoot four or five guys at once. Um, and others have like a critical hit, so that if you shoot somebody in the head with it, it'll be more likely to pop their head off. Okay. Yeah. So it's not just running around with a shotgun all the time. Nope. There's other weapons you should oh, pick up. Oh, there's a lot of weapons. Yeah. So it's not a traditional zombie game in that way? Like it's... No, it's not scary, really. There's a moment or two in the game that are kind of frightening, but for the most part, it's not scary at all. So does the end of the game kind of seem like an end of the series, or does it leave it open with a cliffhanger? Well, they kind of finally kill off... I mean, huge spoilers here, I guess. Um, How huge? Like very you should huge. skip ahead a few minutes? Like, yeah, if, if you guys haven't played this game, you're planning to play it, uh, skip ahead a few minutes. Um, because this is... Kelly's going to ruin it for you! This is the big one. Um, so Wesker, who is basically the antagonist from the original game, um, he has made appearances and has at least been on the sidelines through all the games. Um, <clears throat> he's just a big pain in the butt. Always has been. And he's finally kind of the antagonist in this game. and uh, <clears throat> He is the final boss and when you take him out in the end of this game you're kind of you're pretty satisfied that he's definitely dead <laughs> okay yeah so um yeah so but like chris survives chris, chris redfield yeah chris survives so there's Shadow a potential survives. that they'll just find a new bad guy for future oh, I'm games i'm sure yeah they'll be able to make more games no problem they've got plenty of ideas i just i'm hoping they'll go back to a more horror based uh game though because they've Darker really got yeah a little scary because it's definitely spacey? yeah yeah more dead spacey i mean they've got the right idea with the action element of these games but the the scare factor is gone almost entirely so i mean it's creepy for sure there's got you know disgusting monsters but they're not scary they don't jump out and actually yeah. frighten you anymore so <clears throat> no dogs jumping through windows yeah. Well, I mean, there's dogs, but... But not jumping through windows? No, not jumping through windows, not scaring the crap out of you, not luring in, you into a false sense of security and then destroying it. But, yeah. So... Revamp. In 30 seconds, tell me about Oregon Trail on the iPhone. <laughs> Yay! Go. All right, Oregon Trail on the iPhone. It's amazing. It's a remake of the original... Um, it's got a lot of the original stuff. I, okay, I may be the only kid in existence that never played the original, but I heard it was awesome, and I saw it on the iPod. I was like, yes, I must have this. And I've been playing it almost nonstop since about 2 o'clock today. Um, I got in trouble at work because I was goofing off with it. Um, it's amazing. It's got a lot of updated stuff. The, the, the artwork is really, really great. Um, lots of mini-games, lots of challenges to overcome. He can still get dysentery, uh... It's amazing. I highly recommend it. It's uh, six bucks on the App Store for the iPod. I'm sure they probably have it other places too. Three questions. Okay. How long does it take to make it if you make it all the way? I have not made it yet, so it's question number a while. two. Uh, is there a river scene near the end? Are you traveling? I'm nowhere near the end of the game. What state have you made it into? What's the farthest west uh, you've made it? Oh my gosh, I just crossed a river. I don't remember the name. It was something Bear River. So it might take a long time. It seems like it's probably going to take a long time. I think I've gone maybe three, <laughs> 400 miles. It seems interesting that they didn't do it like the old one, which was a lot quicker. I mean, you could be old one in 30 minutes. Oh, no. <laughs> 30 minutes if you just busted right through, but if you had to spend time trading at the trade posts or resting Not to get rid of your cholera. Hour, uh, maybe 
90 minutes if you needed. You think so? Well, if you needed to... The oldest version, probably, because the game, you know, if you needed to, like, pause and think about it, you didn't have to worry about time continuing to pass in it. I think with the, the more updated versions of the game, Oregon Trail 2000 and stuff like that, time continued to pass as you played. And so if you stopped and you were trying to make decisions about trading in a trade post, the months would continue to tick by and you would ha you would uh, be concerned about facing the winter in Utah right. or whatever. Right. If you yeah. counted up all the different platforms that had different versions of Oregon Trail, I'm curious how many that would be. It's probably a lot. It's probably, probably. 20 plus, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it was such a huge game. I mean, everybody I know has played it. Every, every time I mention the game to someone, they know about Oregon it. Trail. Oregon Trail. I yeah. did that when we were down at Jackie and Scott's yeah. place. I was like, Oregon Trail. Yeah. No, we played it. Or I played it. It's, it's a part of, well, everybody else's youth. Yes. <laughs> I never played it. I didn't even know about it until Late probably to the high party. school, I guess, yeah. All right, so for me, I've been playing Mass Effect, courtesy of Kelly's Generosity. Uh, Melissa and I played, what, two and a half hours the other night, and before that I had played almost two hours. So either I'm taking forever, or this is just the way it works, but I've only mm. just left the Citadel. Yeah, I actually spent like eight hours in the Citadel. Okay. Yeah, because I, I scoured that place and no stone unturned, so... You get to go back to it at some point, right? Oh, you can go back. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, I mean, there was a couple things I hadn't done yet, but I just planned to do those at another point. Yeah. I mean, don't wait too long, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's pretty fun. I like the dynamic dialogue thing. I mean, it's fun to be able to kind of choose the, the adventure you go on. I mean, I don't know how much difference there is if you're a jerk to people or not. I guess there are some storylines that continue to matter. Some it, At the very end, there's a... Actually, I can't remember exactly when that choice is made. There is a, a really big choice to make at one point. Hey, yeah, it's actually right at the end, right before you fight the last boss, so... It, but I mean, like, what I'm... Okay, so, so it, what I've heard about the second game that's coming um, is that it's going to take your save game from the first one and it will actually, you know, change the entire second game according to how you ended the first game. So there are two really big differences between, you know, how it could play. Um, and there are characters that could be dead or could be still alive that may or may not be in the second game, depending on how you played the first one. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to so, do but that. I mean, that sounds pretty epic of an under undertaking to me. I so. don't think this is going to be a spoiler, but you know, Shepard ends up becoming a specter. Yeah, yeah. That's, so, that's pretty... If, yeah. if the moment I get off the ship and I'm talking to my captain and the human ambassador... And the council, if I'm always just the jerk, just always picking jerk, 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 you know, I'm still going to end up being a specter. It's not like that's going right. to change anything. No, no you, you will always be a specter, no matter what. So it's kind of the illusion of choice, but it's, I mean, you're kind of going down a, a fairly narrow path. It's yeah. like being on the freeway, you can pick what lane you're on, but you're going to the same place, kind of ultimately. There you go, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is kind of a narrow thing. <clears throat> um... And that's something that game developers are still trying to figure out, how to actually have a dynamic thing, which is why I'm excited about Heavy Rain uh, for the PS3 that's coming out, which actually looks like it could have, finally, a really dynamic um, choice system so that every little choice you make is going to you know, splinter off, you know, have a huge tree of uh, influence there. So. All right. Yeah. Well, so that's what we've been playing. Uh, I got a little bit of game news. 
last week was the Game Developers Conference uh, down in California, and there was a bunch of interesting things. Uh, some of these I'll just rip through, some I'll talk about a little bit. Um, a new Zelda game was announced for the DS called Spirit Tracks. It's based on the same engine that Phantom Hourglass came on, but this one has trains. Trains? I, I think Nintendo <laughs> sat around and they're like, what do little kids want? What does a little boy you know, think about? And they're like, trains. Trains, and then... I would admit that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> trains are awesome. <laughs> um, well, why is that? I don't know. You like trains, right? I love trains as a exactly. kid. My friend had a little thing, and we put our G.I. Joes on it, and run them over, and... Yeah. So something about trains. Does that happen for little girls? Um, some little girls. One of my good friends had a... Not a model train set. I forget what they're called. It's the ones with the wooden tracks that fit together like puzzle pieces. Oh, like Thomas the Train or no, something? No, 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 no. These are... And the, the trains have magnets on the end of them. She's going to kill me because I can't remember the name oh, of these I know trains. Yeah, they're I know all wooden. Yeah. I mean, they're yep. really kind of old school yeah. looking. Yeah, they link um, together with magnets. Yeah, she had a huge set and we used to build big train networks on the living room floor. So I think that... I mean, trains are fairly universal for most kids. Maybe boys a little more than girls, but definitely girls like trains. I just had a flashback to being like 10 years old. Did the did the McClouds have a train like in their garage or something along the? the you know, I have no idea. I didn't. I spend don't think much time immortals in the play with trains so much. They're more interested in keeping their heads. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Highlander reference. Man, I was totally lost for a second there. Word. Um, Hideo Kojima, the you know. Deity behind the Metal Gear Solid series announced that there will be a fifth game. Uh, Did you just call him a deity? To the people who like that series, okay. yes, he is. Right. Uh, it looks like it's going to be based on Raiden's character, and we can expect an official game announcement at this year's E3, which is in June. So, Hideo, please don't make it like Devil May Cry, please. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> as long as it's not like emo and lame. Yeah. We'll see what we can do about I'm that. Raiden, I mean, Raiden's kind of a brooding lame-o anyways, but, I mean, he has potential. He redeemed himself in 4, though. Yeah, he's still brooding. No, right, don't, don't he, has, he has potential to be awesome. So, three new trailers came out. They were actually teasers, so, you know, almost nothing was shown. Uh, Modern Warfare 2, which is the sequel to Call of Duty 4, uh, is actually not going to have Call of Duty in the name. They, they decided to just go with Modern Warfare 2. I am speculating that they are going to splinter the two games off and run them as two different franchises. Ooh. They'll have the Call of Duty games and then they'll have the Modern Warfare games. Because it sold like 11 million copies. Yeah. Well, I mean, Call of Duty was dying anyways. It's, I mean, well, cause they kept it's still doing World very War popular, II but yeah, they can't, they can't keep the popularity with World War II. People are just not interested in it anymore. So the teaser trailer looks like there's uh, possibly four Russian terrorists in an elevator, possibly in an international airport. And Why do they always people. have to be Russian? What do we got against the Russians? Because they're bad people. I don't know. What? <laughs> we talked about this earlier, and we didn't have a better answer then. <laughs> um, we also got a teaser trailer for Battlefield Bad Company 2, and I'm really excited, but nobody else is, so I won't belabor that. And then... then I'll be excited if the mountain range they showed in that... Uh, <laughs> if you can blow up the mountains. If you can blow up the mountains... You'll be happy. I want a nuclear strike on those beasts. Oh, man. If I can take them amazing. down, then I will play that game. So, third game... Ratchet and Clank Future, A Crack in Time, was announced with this awesome trailer featuring a Lombax that I believe is not Ratchet. And, you know, we kind of believed he was the only and last one of his species. You know what? I, I'm sorry, I keep tearing you away. The, the Ratchet and Clank series used to have amazing names for the game. They had Up oh, Your Arsenal and... Wait for it. Do you want to know what the name was before Sony shut them down? 
Ugh, okay. You're gonna be sad, because oh. I think it's brilliant. Okay, so A Crack in Time is the name, and it's kind of got a butt joke in there, right? Sure. It's got yeah. a little bit of butt joke. Yeah. Okay, think about Crack in Time. It's going to be about time travel or time manipulation or whatever. Right. The original name was going to be Ratchet and Clank Clock Blockers. <laughs> Why? <laughs> that is what the Ratchet and Clank series was based on. Everybody... Those serious innuendos in their names. Up Your Arsenal. Um, going Commando. Going Commando. Um, uh, what else do they have? I can't think of any now. Actually, I guess those were the only two. Yeah, but, but then even but in them they had like jokes yeah. and stuff but yeah clock Come on, blockers Sony. and everybody at Insomniac calls it that internally but the Sony PR was like no no we don't want to have to fight that battle <laughs> like, little kids are going to be going to mom what's a clock blocker you know I have a funny story actually um, about three four years ago when I was working at Game Crazy previous to the, this time um, I had this gentleman come into the store um, and he was interested in Ratchet and Clank, and he, he picked up Up Your Arsenal, and uh, he looked at it for a minute, and he put it back, and he's like, I'm sorry, that's just offensive. Uh, he's like, really? Yeah, you know, he said, yeah, I'm a, very, I'm a very devout Christian, and I just I don't think that's appropriate. And I was, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, Christian beliefs and all, but come on. That was just, he was kind of yeah. pushing it to the extreme there. It's like... I think they're funny. <laughs> you know, maybe I shouldn't, but I think they're funny names. Yeah. Uh, last two things of important. Uh, actually, this one happened today. Sony dropped the price of the PlayStation 2 down to $99. So it was previously $129, now it's $99. goes into effect in April. It needs to be 70 Why? It still sells hundreds of thousands a month. Because I can't sell any in my store, that's why. Because <laughs> you don't work at Walmart. Walmart is the devil. Well, <laughs> that's an entirely different thing. Um, during the course of its year, or its lifetime, it sold 136 million units. And 1.5 billion games. <laughs> Crazy numbers. And then the last thing was last week at GDC, a company called OnLive, or a service called OnLive, I guess, went public. Uh, basically allows you to play any game you want on your computer. So when you think of something huge and awesome like Crisis or whatever, uh, Jackie could play that on her crappy Mac. Like it, It's playing on a, a massive computer at their server headquarters, and then you're controlling it from your house through the internet. And so you're controlling it goes over, controls the game, video feed is streaming back into your TV or your computer, depending on how you have it hooked up. And so the idea is that anybody anywhere, even with like a $400 netbook, can theoretically, like even if you have, I mean, at GDC they had a, a MacBook Air, is that what it's called? Yeah. One with no drive, no anything. Yeah. They were playing Crisis on that. Um, so all you have to have is internet at Basically. connection with enough bandwidth to handle the streaming. And you can get this little box. It's like the size of a playing card deck. And you can plug it in your TV and into your modem and into a controller. And that way you don't even need to have a computer. It can just be straight through your TV. And so the idea is that, you know, you can play Mirror's Edge or Burnout Paradise or whatever you want. Is without... there a subscription to this? There'll be a subscription and then a fee for the game itself. Um... So the idea, I mean, it sounds really cool on paper. Suddenly you don't have to have a big $1,000 gaming computer. You can play anything you wanted on your Mac. You don't have to worry about compatibility anymore. I mean, you guys don't have the internet connection at your house, but... I guess my big concern is, I mean, you were saying you play Mirror's Edge on the, the service. So, I mean, taking console games, because it... It's also on PC, though. Right, I mean, with PC games, it makes a lot of sense for console gaming and... Not a big gamer, so maybe I don't really understand, but it doesn't make a lot of sense because everybody's got different controllers. 
I mean, at this point, at least, everybody's got different controllers based on whatever system you have. So, I mean, if the controllers operate differently, it is going to impact gameplay. It'll be interesting, because, I mean, on the... And there are some games that you need the control... I mean, you can't play... You're not going to play Burnout Paradise with a mouse and keyboard? I'm not. I'm just not. (laughs) It's not as much fun. Certainly not. The biggest issue... I mean, a lot of people in the industry are very skeptical about this because they're worried about latency. I mean, even if it takes a tenth of a second for the signal to go out, be processed, and the video to come back, that's going to be an issue for certain games. I mean... It's going to be a huge issue, yeah. People don't like latency. It's... True. But, I mean, for other people, I mean... Especially if they're playing online. If she's playing, like, Civ 4, though, that's going to be no problem. Yeah. it's turn-based. But we're talking, like, you know, hardcore gamers. They want their action games. You know, they buy... Killzone, with a tenth of a second latency, you'd still be playing. (laughs) Yeah, probably, because I would have died at that last boss, like, even more than I did. Uh, Either way, there's a beta this summer, so if you're interested, you know, go to Google, type in OnLive, and submit an application. It's cheap, as in free, and I did it, so you should do it with me. So, that's it for video game stuff. Um, Our feature story is going to be not so nerdy, although it will talk about some technology. It's going to be about... Books that end up getting turned into movies, which is a lot of books. I mean, lots of Heck, Michael Crichton movies. movies. A lot of well, yeah. <clears throat> Fight Club. Fight Club was a book. It's um, an amazing book. Princess Bride was a book. I mean, was it? Yes, it was. Yeah. And it's a whole different kind of. I think I may movie. be the only person that didn't like that movie. Probably, yeah, probably the only one. Um, but so so this was all sparked when I watched last night a trailer for Where the Wild Things Are, and. When I first heard about it a couple weeks ago, I got excited initially. I was like, well, they're making a movie. And then a couple days later, I was like, oh, they're, they're making a movie. <laughs> you know, it's like a 45-page kid's book or something. You know, it's not some movie I think could be stretched out that far. So then when I saw the trailer, I was both happy and skeptical again. Um, and so this idea of, has any book ever actually been turned into a good movie? Fight Club. Even though it was probably radically different, like they're each good in their own right, but yeah, not. I mean, it, it did have quite a few differences, but it was they were both really, really good. So you think that's the likely scenario that they they both should be judged on their own, and not saying that like you yeah. can watch one or read the other and have the same. Yeah, you're not necessarily going to have the same experience both times, but um, if you take each one for what it is and try to appreciate it for that, then you might get quite a bit out of it. The thing about the book Fight Club was that it was it was uh, kind of in your face the whole time. It almost felt like a movie because you were kind of being assaulted by the writing, in a way. You'd have to read it to really uh, yeah, understand. Never... It's really it's it's really this kind of edgy writing style. It, it uh, it's really up in your up in your grill up in your grillage. Yes, um, and it, it's it's a good book. What about you? I'm going to have to go read that again. I think there's probably two factors to consider in terms of a book adaptation to a movie because there's the, the story adaptation, and I think there are probably a number of examples we could come up with that have a you know fairly true um, translation from book to movie. I mean, there's always going to be some kinds of changes because... You know, you can't translate a thousand-page book into a 90-minute movie without cutting some stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Even a, you know, 180-minute movie, you can't fit a thousand pages. You can't even necessarily fit 500 pages into 
yeah. that length of time. It just doesn't work. So that's there usually are, my issue with it, too. There, there do have to be cuts or changes, modifications in the stories, maybe combining characters or adjusting characters. I always think of Lord of the Rings when and I think about... <laughs> yeah, I mean, we you know, we drop Glorfindel the Elf in favor of giving Arwen a character worth paying attention to. And, you know, it doesn't... It doesn't necessarily detract from the story, and the, the story in the movies is fairly close, fairly true to the story in the books. Harry Potter is another fairly recent example of a, a movie that takes the story from the books yeah. fairly closely, particularly in the earlier movies. They're, they're pretty true to what goes on in the books. And some of that is fan service, and some of that is just, it's a coherent, well-written story, and you might as well use what's there. The thing I think most people get hung up on is not story adaptation. Because I, I think that people, if it's really different, people have issues with it. If it's a little different, people either definitely have issues with it because their favorite thing got changed, or they don't care at all. The thing I think people really get nitpicky about is the, the vision. And I, I think that's where children's books particularly get hit hard because if there there are pictures in the book and your movie doesn't look like the pictures <laughs> you know everybody's gonna freak out but i think for all of us we've got a picture in our heads when we read the book and then this movie shows up and it doesn't look like what we pictured it they didn't pick the actor we would have picked to play frodo or you know whatever a friend of mine cannot stand the lord of the rings movies because she doesn't like elijah wood as frodo the rest of the movie, she she cannot get past that one thing to even deal with the rest of the movie at all, and so I think I think that that's a, a bigger issue for a lot of people. I tend to be one of those people who I take them as separate entities. You got the book and it's one thing, and I've got the movie and it's another thing, and I like them independently of each other. Um, I do hate it when they butcher, they take books and butcher them to make movies that are not even close and then give it the same title and pretend that it's somehow related. There have been some classic cases and I can't think of one now. Yeah, I was I just robot? trying to think of that one. Was there um, a more Starship one? Troopers. Oof. That okay. was much, Oof. much different. Dave, um, Dave Shane, that was a very upset. Slaughter. <clears throat> I well, we saw a preview for Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs the other you night. You upset at that? I'm pretty upset, at least from the trailer, because I mean, Cloudy with a Chance That's of Meatballs. That's a children's is, book too. It right? is a children's book. Are there book. pictures? There are pictures. I'm more than anything, I'm upset by the fact that they made it about some sort of mad scientist with a weather experiment gone awry, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs is all about this crazy town where food falls from the sky and people oh, eat it. So, and okay. yeah. you know, it's. It really doesn't have all that much story. I probably would not have chosen that book to make into a movie because there isn't enough story to be worth giving the same title to two things. If you want a movie with food falling out of the sky, find another story, give it another name. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I guess I'm okay if you want to make an adaptation of a book. I'm not okay if you take the title of a book that people love and write your own story to it and call it the same thing. So, here, just for, here. You, for you personally, Kelly... Uh, which books that later became movies have you found really enjoyable? Like, do you have some that stand out other than Fight Club? Uh, same author, actually. Uh, Chuck Palahniuk wrote Fight Club. Um, he another of his books was recently released. I think it was only a DVD release. I, I don't think it actually made it to theaters, which is unfortunate. It's called Choke. Um, which is really good. It was limited release in limited. theaters, like New York, LA. Yeah. 
I saw ads for it. I hate it when they do that. But it was, it was a good movie? It was a very good movie. Yes. Yes. It was surprisingly good. Um, I kind of expected it to be crappy, but it had some good actors in it, and it had a really... It was a good adaptation. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, you can also be thinking of ones that really disappointed you. <laughs> Starship Troopers. You didn't read the book, though. I did, too. After you saw the movie? Yes. <clears throat> okay. I was already disappointed in the movie. I was like, dang it, the only thing worth it in this film is the naked girls. It wasn't you know, even the one we sporadic. wanted. Yeah, it wasn't even the girl we uh. wanted. Um, <laughs> although if you watched Wild Things later, you got to see that. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> poor Melissa. <laughs> I've already told you about this. Hanging her head in shame. Um, oh gosh, what else? Uh, pretty much every Michael Crichton book that's ever been adapted. You think it's poorly made? Yeah, the films have just been crap. Congo was awful. Uh, the Sphere was pretty bad. That one was so sad. Yeah. That's one of the few books I've actually ever read. Sphere was And I really... loved it. And then Sphere, the, was... the book, was one of my favorites. And it's the adaptation was awful. Um, they butchered the story. Just butchered it. Um, Jurassic Park was decent. Uh, they were both good. That one I actually read also. I thought the second the second one went, really went away from. The yeah, book. but I mean, the, when I say both of them, I mean the book and the movie. Okay, both yeah. of those. Yeah, the second movie I thought was pretty kind of horrible. Um, as was the third. No way, dude! The third one had pterodactyls. Third one was terrible. Okay, yeah, it had pterodactyls, but the that uh, wins. The velociraptors were suddenly like, like thinking really, really, really yeah, intelligent. They were doing they were math like communicating. Problems. Yeah, have you seen doing, one? No, it was worth it. They were doing long division to capture the prey. Out with, it was pissing me off. If they came out with a new one every year in theaters, I'd see it in theaters. I love well, it. They're coming out with a fourth one. I know. I've heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> I just like seeing dinosaurs. It's that yeah. little kid in me that's never fully grown up. Yeah. When I just go to the theater, I don't know. The plot sucks. I'm going there expecting the plot to suck, but I'm just like, dinosaurs. So yeah. if they made a movie with dinosaurs on trains. Oh, God. That'd be like the most like amazing the thing most ever. Amazing yeah. Thing yeah. Ever. With guns. I was just going to say that, because like whenever people say trains, okay, this is just going to like make you think how pathetic my brain works. If you say the word train to me, I think of Goldeneye. There you I go. always, always, always think of hiding behind a crate in Goldeneye. And or like your way out with a laser watch. Yeah, and then having dudes like pop up from the bathroom behind you. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, sorry. So you, what you said, <laughs> trains and dinosaurs, I was like... If the Velociraptors had RCP 90s, that'd be the best movie ever. And then you said guns or lasers or whatever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> my brain was already way ahead of me. <laughs> so, Melissa, then, books that have good movies, go. Um, Tom Clancy books. I, I think maybe he go. writes them to be made into movies. <clears throat> um, but when I was in high school, I had to do a, a report on a film adaptation of a book, and my book was Patriot Games. Um, and it's one of those adaptations that is shockingly close to the book. And the book is short, so it's perfect for turning into a movie. I don't know about some of the later ones. I didn't read some of All Fears. I hated the movie. I suspect that I would hate the book for the same reasons I hated the movie, so it's probably fairly close. Um, I would imagine that, you know, Hunt for Red October and some of those are all fairly good. Princess Bride is not necessarily a great adaptation of a book, but... Good book and good movie, both good for the same reasons. Um, so it's not exactly true to the book, but the book wouldn't make a very good movie, as is. Most people have never read The Princess Bride, and it's a totally different kind of funny. The jokes are much more... They're not Mel Brooksy. Well, it's much more the Did narrator... Did movie? I think so. No. No, no I don't he think He was part of the movie. production of it? I don't think no, so. I, I thought he was. So. Okay, He was more slapstick. Um, <clears throat> 
But The Princess Bride, the, the, the book humor is much more the narrator telling jokes to the reader that kind of have nothing to do with the story itself, okay. whereas the movie, it, the jokes are all part of the story. Um, both of those turned out very well. There are a lot of books I wish would get made. <laughs> to so, Luke's entire back. Just no, that was my sternum. That was his sternum. Your sternum. Yes, <laughs> just exploded. <laughs> I did it, and I was like, "Wiggle right. the toes, okay." Check. So if the that podcast meeting? if the podcast suddenly cuts short, it's because Luke stopped breathing. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. Yeah. that. All right, continue. Bad ones. Sorry. No, that's a bad ones. I robot. I refuse you to see the, seen movie. the movie. Yet, I don't though. even care. It's not an. It's you know, not, I, I it's not an adaptation of the book. If they gave it another name, call it. You know, Will Smith kills robots. <laughs> oh, I wish movies were named like that. <laughs> I would go and see it if it was called that. But I read iRobot. I loved iRobot, and I heard an interview with the guys who made iRobot the movie, and they said in the interview. We were trying to get the rights to iRobot, and it wasn't coming through. There was something going on with Isaac Asimov's estate. So we went ahead and we wrote some other movie that we were planning to do, and we were getting ready to produce it when the rights came through to iRobot. So we took our old script and our new rights, and we put them together. Ah. You're like, oh, thanks, guys. That is bad news. You know what would have been amazing? If uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull thingy had been called... Uh, Harrison Ford fights dirty Russians and aliens. That movie would have been amazing. But as an Indiana Jones movie, it sucked. She's been called uh, Harrison Ford hides in a refrigerator. Yeah, and somehow survives a nuclear blast <laughs> and then makes me want to scratch out my eyeballs. The movie should have been called Shia LaBeouf shouldn't be in this film. <laughs> that should be the name of it. How about you? Good book-to-film adaptations? Um, I like Jurassic Park. I like both of them. But the problem for me is I don't read very many books, so, um, you know, the Left Behind movies weren't very good, so you know, that's one where you should read the book. And Lord of the Rings, they are both good, but different. They so, are different. I don't think of them. Yeah, where the heck is Tom Bombadil? Come on. He's off hanging out in the forest. Where the heck is Gorfindel? He's yeah. off Being on the way to the Golden, or the, the Havens. Not okay with me. I'm just saying. All right, so one last question for Kelly. Which do you think would be the hardest book to bring to the silver screen? Which book? Yes. In Ooh. your opinion. In my opinion. Uh, and don't pick something that's just so hard, like the Bible. You know, <laughs> The entire Bible. <laughs> that was Melissa's, Melissa's <laughs> choice. <laughs> Good choice. You, you got like 30 <laughs> seconds to come up with a new one. Um, <clears throat> kind of obscure writer. He's my favorite, though. Um, his name is China Mieville, and he writes in a style called uh, weird fiction. It's kind of a blend of horror, fantasy, sci-fi, and then he throws in bits of other stuff, like there's a little bit of romance in a couple points, and, you know, it's 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 just a mishmash of pretty much whatever he feels like writing. Um, but it's all really, really well-written. Uh, it's thick dialogue. The You know, the environments he paints for you are very vivid. The characters are really well-built. Um, and he has a series tentatively titled the Baslag series, which is basically the name of the universe that okay. these character, the three of these books that he's written exist in. Um, and any one of those books <clears throat> would all be damn near impossible to translate into a film because there's just so much visually and story-wise that's happening. Because 
I mean, if, even if I wanted to tell you one of the plots of one of these stories, it would take me about an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They're just too involved. Movie. Yeah. Basically, okay, uh, one of the books is called Perdido Street Station. Basically... Didn't you say you can't do this? I, I can do this. Give me, give, me, give me 15 seconds. I think I can do this. Okay. Big fat scientist guy making out with this chick with a, a insect for a head. Um, <clears throat> he gets hired by this, this man bird thing. Who, uh, okay, I'm going to need like a minute. Um, <laughs> so I'm counting down on your fingers. Um, <laughs> to uh, rebuild this bird's wings because he had them cut off as punishment for being very naughty. Um, so the scientist goes out and finds all these insects and birds and things that can fly and he studies them and you know releases them periodically. And he finds this grub creature that he raises for a while and eventually it escapes and starts terrorizing uh, the entire city and causes mayhem and destruction and death and yeah it's really, really yeah that's not even close to what the story is about uh, he made it I made it he made the minute cut off but yeah doing that as a as a movie would be really hard because there's hundreds of characters and they're all really interesting and you know lots of branching you know stories and maybe he did and the story itself isn't very <laughs> linear so. It's, it's, it'd be hard to do. What about you, Melissa? Well, I think in general, really bad books and really good books are the most difficult to make into movies. Really bad books because <laughs> there's nothing to redeem and salvage to make a good movie out of. And really good books, especially books for me that have really amazing visuals as I read them. I would be nitpicking, oh, that's not how I visualized that. Oh, they cast the wrong person. I can't believe they did that. Yeah. Um, but the one that comes to mind as being probably one of the most difficult books I've ever read to turn into a movie would have to be, um, it's a book called The Source by James Michener. Just about anything Michener writes is way too long to be made into a movie, and the book's like 1,070 pages long or something Yikes. like that. And the first time I read it, it was the longest book I'd ever read. And, um, you know, to sum it all up, it's the story of a single town in Israel from the beginning of time to the 1960s. Wow. And everything, and it, it, it works in flashbacks, so it's a, I mean, it's a really effective piece of storytelling because you flashback from a, an archaeological dig in the 60s and tell the story of this town at different points in history through the artifacts that they've dug up. Oh, wow. And it works really cool in book form, and it would be a fascinating film, but it could never be done because it would be 19 hours long. And they no could do one like a, a Discovery Channel. A miniseries. It would be a great yeah. NBC miniseries. There you go. But it, BBC, they, they get it right. BBC would probably yeah. get it right. Um, but I mean, there's all sorts of you know interwoven things that would be just too difficult for a standard motion motion picture. So I know you guys probably can guess mine. Yeah, it's the Silmarillion. The only other yeah. book you've ever read. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> <laughs> One of uh, six. I, yeah, seriously. Yeah. No, I mean, even if you did cut out the latter section that focuses on the Numenorians and that kind of stuff, if you just focus on more of the elves and what they were doing. It would just be too complex and confusing. There'd be too many characters. It would cover too long of a time span. All of their names sound the same. The, that would be prob the the production value. I mean, to make it look anything decent would be like you know, it'd be the first billion you know, dollar billion dollar film. <laughs> you know, if you've got like a sea of you know Balrogs fighting against a sea of elves with some dragons flying over, and you know, like it would just be this like massive 
undertaking that no one would want to make the costumes for or you know any of the CG film stuff. Everyone at Weta Workshop would slip their wrists. Yes, before. you'd lose your production <laughs> staff because they'd yeah. just be like, I can't do it. <clears throat> they'd drink the Kool-Aid and then slip their wrists. <laughs> yeah. That's the guy's yeah. in the right order. Yeah. But, I mean, that book would be cool if they just did maybe like three films based on important parts of it. I think if they had the Voyage of the Elves over and back and then maybe like Baron and Luthien and then maybe just the Numenorians. If you just kind of did like those three main stories as a trilogy, that would be cool. I think, but, though, it's going to be another couple decades before mainstream America is ready for another three-part fantasy series to yes. overwhelm us. I, I mean, yeah. The sad know, thing is that Peter Jackson probably like is decrepit or dead. Probably. That'd be sad. Because they'd need someone like him with that kind of vision to pull it off. And he's sworn he's never going to do a, yeah. a trilogy like that again, so we probably I mean, can't look. blame him. I mean, it took up a decade of his oh life. Oh my gosh, so. yeah, no. I, yeah. Mean, I would never... He'd be 60 before it was done, so... Yep. All right, so that's it for the books. We've got some F1 news. Uh, first race of the season was just this past weekend. Woo! Yeah, it was awesome, except not really. Except now. <laughs> <laughs> so, bad news for Kelly that I already shared with him. Yarno Truly was penalized following the Grand Prix for passing Lewis Hamilton under the yellow flag at the very end. Uh, he was given a 25-second penalty, uh, which put him down to 12th place. So you had... So I had Truly, uh, Kubica, and Vettel. Vettel. Kubica and Vettel, who crashed the accident into three laps each to other. Go. <clears throat> three laps to go! They were in the points. Totally screwed up my fantasy league. Ugh. And then Truly was in third after they did that. Yeah. And then he got a penalty. And then he got a penalty. And so I was stuck with my two kind of weaker characters, Heidfeld and... Whoever. Whoever. I don't remember. Too lazy to get that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that news. Uh, McLaren thinks that they can get a slight increase in performance for the next race, which is this weekend. They didn't have any time to fly over any new parts, but they think they can modify the ones they have at the track. So that'll be curious to see what they attempt to modify with, you know, whatever tools they may have in the back of it. They're they... just going to paint it green and white. Is that what it is? <laughs> it's like, Look, it's a the wrong car. cars are just running fast paint. That's what it is, fast paint this year. I love that paint co- I really hope they don't change it. If that guy from Virgin changes the colors, I'm going to be pissed. I really Makes like... Makes it black and pink. Yeah. yeah. What the heck? No. White and that neon <laughs> yellow color is just rad. I like it. Yeah, All right. rad. So, Malaysia is the upcoming race. It'll be this Sunday. Uh, like the last race, it's going to be at 5 p.m. local time, and... <clears throat> For that area of the world, at this time of year, that means tropical storms. Like, you know, these kind of areas of the world, like at certain hours, you just know it's going to rain. And so with the fading... These tropical storms happen at 5 p.m.? Is that... It's usually like around 3 or 4, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean you like, it's clockworkish kind of in some places of the world. It's kind of weird. No, we're talking like afternoon thunderstorm, not like... Not like... Storms with names. Not typhoon. No, I mean, okay. it's not going to be... You know, I'm not going to call like this one Sally. No, but the the worst rain I've ever seen in my life was the Malaysian Grand Prix from, like, 2001. It just, like, hit. I mean, the two Ferraris were leading, and I remember watching it uh, from, you know, multiple different angles. And, like, the rain all fell as one big, massive whoosh, and the both cars just went off. At I mean, it was just, like, <laughs> there, at points in the track, there was, like, three or four inches of standing water. I mean, there were, like, Suddenly. rivers coming across the road. I mean, it was just... So Malaysia has some crazy rain if it hits. Wait, so, is that where this race is? Yep, Malaysia. Okay. It's a Sunday. All right. Um, I wasn't paying attention. And one last thing, a little bit of F1 math for you. 
Um, next year, the FAA is planning to do this thing where they give the teams an option. You can either run under the current rules and you know spend whatever you want, or you can limit your team to $42 million in total for the season and have technical freedom. So you can do the $42 million thing and let your engine rev as high as you want, or you can do that and not use a curse system or whatever. They, I don't know what kind of limitations they'll still have, but in general, they'll give you a lot more technical freedom. I think a rocket pack might be. <laughs> yeah, probably a little bit. <laughs> but so I was doing the math on this, and uh, Braun GP just announced that they're going to be cutting their staff down. Currently, right now, they have 700 people on staff, and they're going to try to get down to 430 like throughout this year. Um, just redundancies and stuff. So, you've got 430 people. And you got to think, these are like well-educated guys. They're the best mechanics you can probably find. They're the best engineers you can get out of MIT or whatever. Like, these people know their stuff. And yeah, you might have a lot of really low-paying people and then like a few on top. But on average, I've got to think, for a salary, you're looking at 50 grand a year. I mean, maybe not. Maybe there's so many people wiping the floor down that it offsets you know, the chief technical designer. But still, I got to think 50 grand a year. If that's the case for 430 employees, that's about $22 million. So that would be over half of your entire allotment, not including the driver salaries for your two guys, parts, maintenance costs. This, maybe they're stuff. not including that. From what it? I understand, that's total budget. $42 million total budget. Huh. So I don't think anybody is likely to take that offer up unless you are just the most fledgling team F1's ever seen. I wonder if that's probably the point. Try to get some, like, real, like, noobs in there. Or it's sort of that FIA, here's the carrot we're dangling in front of you. Turns out it's too high for any of you to jump and reach, <laughs> but technical freedom. You can't say we didn't offer. That might be it. To silence all the people that say you're you're making the rules too ridiculous. I think like, so. hey, we'll, we'll back off. You just have to cut your costs. I, I think so. I mean... It would be interesting to see what the team responses are going to be. Uh, I think it'll be interesting if the US F1 team decides to fall under this plan. If that upstart next year manages to be like, eh, we can do it for $42 million. We get some cheap drivers, we'll get some, you know. I'll drive. <laughs> I won't watch. <laughs> I will crash and die also. Yes. But I will drive. <laughs> All right, that's it for F1 stuff. Um, our little random crap section. Uh, for me, I am really excited that I'll probably be going back to college in the summer. Uh, looks like June 22nd is the beginning of summer school at the University of Washington. And going to UW? Yeah. Holy crap. So, I am fully locked that down yet. I'm still waiting for them to call me back. Um, try to get the scheduling thing figured out for my schedule. Because I want to get it done as soon as possible. And I think I'll have to do summer school <clears throat> plus the following three you know, quarters of normal. So about a year. Yeah, one full 12-month year kind of thing. I'll have it all done. Um, and then also just a random little thing from our discussion I don't know, a couple weeks ago, last week, whatever, about the internet and Wikipedia and stuff. I think it came up. Um, just today, Microsoft announced that they're going to be discontinuing Encarta, their encyclopedia software, including the website. Like It's all going to be removed on August 30, or uh, October 31st. So no more official stuff. I guess Wikipedia won. That is unfortunate. Yeah. I have Encarta on my computer. Actually, I just installed it recently because I realized I never open it. The time it takes to open it is, you know, control N, Wikipedia, type, enter. I'm part of the problem. It's true. So that's my life. I'm going back to but college. it's not... I know it's not You're going to have to learn to new, do uh... new research and not use Wikipedia if you're going back to college, though. True, true, true. But I mean, you know... 
Just the the convenience. The convenience getting on simple things outweighs the accuracy. You know, I don't need to know everything about. Like I looked up Napoleon the other day just to get a better idea of what he did. You know, the stuff about his general life you've got to trust is fairly accurate. There aren't going to be any major issues, and if there are controversial sections, they're going to be both sides of the argument or whatever. Yeah, it's not going to be the Encyclopedia Britannica, but I don't that's know. not what I was looking for. I, I don't have a problem with Wikipedia. I like Wikipedia. I just kind of have to wonder about the the precedent it sets for standards of research. Yeah, because too many people don't know that it's not legit. That not everything is it is legit. Well, but. People check that stuff. I mean, really smart people monitor Wikipedia, and if there's problems with it, like they'll fix it. Cause I mean, it's legit. They don't they don't let people just post random <laughs> stuff on there. I mean, you have to like know what you're talking about and stuff. Except you can. Anybody can do it, and there's only like 15 guys monitoring yeah, the whole site. So, <laughs> so Kelly, random stuff for you. You're selling your car. Go. I am selling my car. My, for how much? My one of my coworkers is finally <laughs> buying it. Um. Sixteen thousand two hundred fifty. Nice. How many miles yeah. are on it? Uh, twelve thousand three. Wow, you don't drive very much. I do not. I yeah, mostly you... just from home to work. I once did almost three times that in one year. <laughs> in the MR2. Yeah, I've had it for almost two, two years. years now, yeah, so. yeah. So that'd be cool. So you're gonna get some money and then buy what? Uh, PSP. No, no, no. <laughs> Transportation. What are you buying? <laughs> I already have another car. I have my dad's. He's gonna give me the uh, the old Altima I used to drive. It works fine. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Since when? Since we fixed it. Which was when? A while ago. <laughs> don't ride with him, please. Why Just not? Don't ride with him. Why not? That thing was falling apart when it was still being used regularly. It was never falling apart. No, it had electrical issues. It was never falling apart. <laughs> don't ride with him, please. I don't want to have to come pick you guys up off the side of the road. <laughs> well, well, actually, actually it did have, some heating. It did have that one heating problem that one time. Sam. I did have to get rescued once. So anything new for you, Melissa, apart from spring break next week? Yeah, I got spring break next week, and then a little bit of a little bit of drama. Washington State Senate <laughs> announced their budget yesterday, and they're talking. It's it's interesting because it's it's a little hard to tell what the the plan with this budget is. Because right now they're they're estimating eight thousand state workers will lose their jobs. That's a About lot a third of, of that will be teachers. Whoa! Um, a third? I think they said a third on the news. I could be wrong, so you know I don't wow. have the stats in front of me. Um, they're talking about. I think the newspaper said two and a half to three percent cuts in every district statewide. Um, they're decreasing funding for the small class size initiative, so class sizes are going to go up. Um, teachers are not going to get pay raises per se. Um, I know principals. I believe statewide have already said we're not. Um, we're not taking a pay raise this year, which is great that they are willing to kind of yeah. step out in front of that and not hold back and complain and whatever. It's going to hit higher education. They're cutting, uh, I think, 10,000 um, admission spots, admission spots um, for uh, state colleges and universities. The expectation for higher ed is that tuition is going to go up about 7% per school per year. Which means my thoughts about going back to school are a little less likely at this point because a master's degree is not going to get any cheaper. Um, so, you know, I'm going to spend my spring break 
looking to see if there are any jobs out there or uh, trying to figure out what other marketable skills I might have. So how fantastic is it for me that in a few months I'll be going back to college, hopefully, to get a degree to be a teacher, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> is that, wait, that's your goal? Yeah, I'm be a high school biology teacher. I think it'd be cool. Biology? Yeah. I, well, I, I have to be honest, I don't think that it will, I don't think it will impact you as much as it will impact people like me. I mean, it, you know, sounds like a little pity party over here, but the reality is that the demand for math and science teachers has been high, and I do believe it will continue to be high, because there's so much emphasis on the, in economic rebuilding in terms of having skilled, you know, engineers and scientists and people who can create the industries of tomorrow or whatever. They're not really interested in making sure people know who Napoleon was. Yeah. So history teachers less useful than science teachers, and, you know, you have the whole, um, you know, minority thing going for you. I, I, you know, it sounds it's horrible true. to say it, but I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're going to get refused admission back into college. I don't think that they're going to refuse you aid. I, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. And, you know, it, it may be a little tougher than it would have been four years ago for you to get a job, but I still think it's going to be out there. He is so not a minority. He is so, not at so all. white. <laughs> I don't care if you put Puerto Rican back I, I act you more are black so white. than I do Puerto Rican, so yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't even know where that comes from. <laughs> hey, um, if they're giving you money for it, you take it. I'll That's take the rule. It. I'll take it and run away and be like, neer, neer, neer. <laughs> So with that, I want to touch on um, our last poll thing we had. It was based on Kelly's ridiculous, tyrannical running of the planet. Oh, that was right. Um, and how you, you started off saying that one of your main focus would be on population control. Mm -hmm. So the question was... If you ruled the entire planet, how important would population control be to you? So we had 51 votes, and it was almost split one-third apiece. You can see the graphs there. Oh, wow. uh, almost identical between very important, somewhere in between, or not important at all. Um, so basically, you're one-third of everybody that wants to rule the world, I guess. Yes, that's unfortunate, because clearly two-thirds of that... Uh, <clears throat> that polled audience doesn't understand some some people understand i want to read things scott so scott <laughs> okay, used to scott, be on the podcast he said it would be very important to me go, i would see. treat it the same way as my aquariums overcrowding leads to problems at many different levels those problems need to be fixed quickly oftentimes by means of removal however that may be so exactly. scott seems to be looking eye to eye with you on that yeah this planet i mean this planet is a finite number of resources and uh Six, what are we at, seven billion now? Six billion still. Six billion. Six billion people is an unreasonable number. So <laughs> we got too many po people in poverty, too many people, you know, yeah. destroying the land for profit. It's it's not it's not sustainable. We've got long-term <laughs> writer inner uh, worked from Australia. He said uh, it would be not nearly as important as other ecological and sustainability issues, but it would definitely be a matter of concern for me. Um, so he's okay. probably somewhere in the middle. Um, Slayer, all he could respond with was, I would want a go-kart in my backyard if I ruled the world. <laughs> What's a go-kart track? And a go-kart. Wow. So I remember posting... You wouldn't new... want an F1 car That in was my thing. I was like, Come on. if you ruled the world, you could live on the backside of the Nürburgring. Yeah. You, know, you could live in Schloss Nürburgring and you know, do whatever the heck you wanted. But... Exactly. 
He just wants go-kart track in his backyard. Uh, the most interesting one, and this will be the last one, was from Smiling Goat. Uh, he said it would uh, not be important at all. He said, I would just put the bottom 25% of wealthy people into slavery. Those people would work until they died at building expensive superstructures that make life more sustainable for the rest of the population. Also, when my place is fully sustainable, we will eliminate the poor class because tech will advance to the point so that computers and robots do 90% of the work. And then <laughs> the following... <laughs> Following 10% uh, who does work will be scientists who, in my community, will be treated like kings. So scientists Ooh, as kings. okay, he's got that And right. then uh, we will have a breeding class. These will be the smartest yep. of the smartest. 10% of the population, each having baby after baby. Everyone else gets mandatory birth control. I don't think he understands, but he just mandated a uh, population control. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end, there, when he says there, it wasn't yeah. important. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa has something to say. Let's hear it. I, well, th there's so many things I... I don't want to say there's so many things wrong with that You don't like 25% of people being slaves? I don't understand the phrase 25% of the wealthy. The bottom 25% of the wealthy. Of the wealthy. I, 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 don't, I think I don't understand what he means. Yeah. Where does the dividing point of wealth even begin? Are we talking about the richest 1%, like 25% of that? Like... <laughs> yeah, that's what I don't... That's, I, that's actually what I thought when I heard Right, that, so. and so I, I, I didn't understand exactly what that was going to do for us. I, I also don't understand how robots will eliminate poverty, so I'd be <laughs> interested in a little more details on that. And I'm a little concerned about um, having your smartest people having baby after baby. Because <laughs> they're not doing anything but having babies, right? <laughs> right, and... and well, and there's, I mean, we don't there's sort need of them, two different like, things going emotional. on there, like really smart people who could be doing other things and are really smart people also, you know, necessarily the most physically able to bear healthy children. I'm not saying they're not, but it's, you know, it's two separate factors. And so I, I aside from my, you know, concern about the whole eugenics twist, <laughs> this topic seems to be turning people towards, I, I don't understand that plan. I didn't I understand much of it. I mean, if you're going to have 10% just be making baby after baby, why not just make it the prettiest people? I didn't understand go. why he didn't go down that route. Also, I didn't understand why wealthy people would be making superstructures. Shouldn't that be the smartness of the smart people making superstructures? <laughs> I don't want I Donald Trump <laughs> making the building himself. He can fund the building, but like, I don't want him involved in the process of constructing anything. And yeah, I don't understand how robots are going to do 90%. If I take over the world, Donald Trump will be forced to remove if, the toupee. If robots and computers are taking over 90% of the work, doesn't that make the poor class bigger? Because they don't have jobs? I, again, I, I said I didn't understand it. Smiling Goat needs to revise this approach. Because everything is broken. Way to make a 29,018th post. That is a number you cannot say easily. Um, yeah, that is weird. Wait, two quick things. Um, from 2998CCCL, CSL. What? 3000CC CSL is basically what it's, it's a car. Okay. Three liter it's CSL. A car? Whatever, yeah. He named it after the engine that goes in the car. Okay. Everybody in supercars knows who I'm talking about. He's the only guy okay. that's ever posted his penis on Max Attack. <laughs> he, he wrapped it in a ribbon and said, Merry Christmas, Luke, and... <laughs> 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 Where, was this just this last year? No, it was like it was like uh, 2006 or something. Okay. It was like the best Christmas present ever. I like jumped on the internet. <laughs> well, not really, but uh. I jumped on Max Attack to like tell everybody what I got for Christmas, and I like, whoa, 
Whoa! What are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> totally irrelevant. This is a yes or no question. I'll start with is this. Okay, wait, wait, wait. This is a question from the person from who posted his junk on... 2998cc <clears throat> CSL. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Should bread be put in the refrigerator? Yes or no? No. Kelly. I do not, because it gets uh, moisture build up. Yeah. I say no also. All right. He just wanted to know. Yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, if you're going to buy a loaf of bread, though, you'd be... You can freeze it. You need, yeah. It's still... It's, freeze it's it. Still... The texture gets a little wonky after you thaw yeah. it. I used to put bread in the fridge when I was um, living by myself. I was the only person eating the bread. Yeah. And I couldn't get through a whole loaf before it would go bad. So I would refrigerate it because it does keep a little longer in the fridge. But then I almost exclusively ate toast with my bread. Because the texture yeah. gets all weird. There's too much yeah. moisture in it, so you have yeah. to toast it if you're going to refrigerate your bread. Yeah. That works. We make our own bread some, most of the time at my place, so which is really nice. But like in a bread machine? Or you make yeah. It like, yeah, okay. we have this bread machine. That's, That's so great. Yeah, it, it makes the best bread. It's super bad for you, but it's, you know, you can, it's a lot easier to eat that within... The time frame that you have than it is to eat that horrible wheat stuff that they sell at the supermarkets. So, last question, and it's also gonna be the question of the week. Ideally, I don't know if you you guys can go whenever you want. Ideally, how often do you think we should do these podcasts? Because I initially started on the every week plan. Jackie suggested that we do it on the every other week plan. Then I came up with the do it after every F one race plan, and then I thought. If it's that too much of a burden, we could do the first of the month plan. I kind of, I, I kind of like Jackie's idea. Every other week. Every other week, regardless um, of F one, just every like yeah. fir first and third weeks of the month or something. Or yeah, I mean that's a sufficient amount of time to have something interesting to talk about. At least from my point. Without of Without it being a burden, and, yeah. You know, Tuesday nights we can just chill. Without every week does seem like a lot. Okay. Yeah. I think you know as often as we have something to say. Yeah. You know, maybe, I mean, if we have an idealized schedule, of, I think every other week might be reasonable. But if if we go three weeks between podcasts, because there just isn't enough to talk about without, you know, wandering all over the place, maybe that's okay. Okay. I think, I mean, I kind of like the every other week, too, because it allows us to just chill without having to do this. I mean, I like this. I think it's fun to talk. Instead of just sitting around playing games or whatever we normally would be doing. It is fun. I think more than anything, it's that these chairs aren't as comfortable. As... Keeps you from falling asleep. It's true. <laughs> kind of like a, an Iron Maiden. A little bit, yeah. You're in it and you kind of wish you weren't. Keeps you from rambling. Yeah. You know, otherwise you're like, oh, I'm going to be here forever if I don't shut up. <laughs> so, any final thoughts? I'm going to make that the poll for everybody. So, oh, okay. we'll get some feedback on it next week. Everybody on Supercars is going to be like, never! I never want to hear your voice again. <laughs> You're well, the dumbest, most closed-minded person we have on the site. We should just go away. Someone ban this idiot. <laughs> That's going to be like almost all of them. Now they're going to be pissed because you took away their posts. Yeah. We'll see. So, is that it? I guess so. That's it for me. We're done. So, if this is episode 8, that brings it to a close. Uh, make sure to write us back with your feedback or questions, even if it has to do with bread. We will gladly uh, entertain those here. So until next time, we'll catch you later. Bye. And now, Anthony Gallegos on Kodiak Bears. Kodiak Bears are a majestic animal. I mean, uh, they're like the biggest bear that in existence. People think polar bears are pretty big, but they ain't got nothing on Kodiak. Kodiaks are uh, 
Like, if you saw one downed, which is, like, the only way you'll see him on the Internet is, like, killed by a hunter. But, like, when a hunter, like a full-grown man, is kneeling right by one that's dead, unfortunately, he's, like, just as big as its head. That's how big they are. They're basically rideable. Like, when God created rideable animals, he made horses and he made Kodiaks. And just no one's figured out yet that Kodiaks are, like, the second most mountable animal. I think that was probably the first most mountable animal. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I guess... I guess it's fucked up with horses. Originally, God intended for us to be riding in the western frontier on Kodiaks, but people got it People got it completely wrong. Like, Kodiak bears, I can't imagine. Like, people should go hunt Kodiaks, and then right before shooting them, they should stop and be like, you know what, I'm not going to kill this Kodiak, and then go up and talk to it, and that Kodiak will stop and be like... Hello, I am the king of the forest, and now I will grant you <laughs> your three desires. I want like, to ride you. <laughs> you know, because like, like he's like the king of the animal kingdom. So, like, people think that the lion, but I could tell you, like, a herd of lions could go, uh, a pack of lions, a pride, a pride mm-hmm. of lions could go and attack a Kodiak, and a Kodiak would kill every single one of them. <laughs> you can quote me on that. I, someday when we have animals. <laughs> that's going, in your, that's going in your tombstone. <laughs> Yeah, like when animals battle, like a Kodiak I, bear can kill a pride of lions. I'll go easily. A Kodiak bear would kill a pride of lions, and then he would still let me ride him off into the sunset. <laughs> so, you know, Kodiak bears, people shouldn't kill them or eat them. Like people shouldn't kill bears in general. But you see a black bear, and a black bear is a punk bitch compared to a Kodiak. Like Kodiaks are just Kodiak and blue whales, things like that, that are just too big to live. Like True. they're like modern day dinosaurs, <laughs> except we can ride them. <laughs> except we can't ride them. <laughs> All right. In theory. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for letting us know about this.